0: Thank you for joining us for this broadcast. There's a debate that's raging in our country right now about our founding. On the one hand, there are people who argue that America was founded on Christian principles, that our founding documents reflect biblical teachings, at least to some degree, that our founders were Christian men or that they were profoundly influenced by Christianity. And so as a result, America is a Christian nation. Then there are folks who argue really the opposite. They would say that America was founded on unjust practices like slavery or the violent exploitation of indigenous people. From their point of view, America is irreparably flawed. Which view do you feel like is closer to the truth? Is America a Christian nation, just like our Pledge of Allegiance says, one nation under God? Or is our country flawed from its founding?
1: My answer is in the middle somewhere. Uh, I don't think we're a Christian nation in the full sense. Uh, Yes, uh, historically, the majority of people who came to America, who were born in America were Christians of some sort. However, from the beginning, we had Jews, Muslims, deists, people who weren't religious. America is not an apostolic Pentecostal nation. America has always allowed freedom of religion. uh, So it's always been diverse. So it's not a Christian nation in that sense. However, some of the founding principles came from the Judeo-Christian heritage, or that is another way of saying from the Bible. Now, America, like any other human institution, is flawed. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So the whole human race is sinful. When you talk about slavery, when you talk about wars of conquest, that has been universal to the human race. So every race is guilty. Every nation is guilty. Uh, If you look at the slave trade, uh, you had evil African tribal chieftain and kings conquering neighboring tribes, enslaving them for their own good, and then selling them to European traders. You had your evil European traders, white people, bringing them to the new world, the Portuguese, the Spanish, the English, so on. You had Americans, North and South America, exploiting these slaves. Uh, At the same time, you had Arab slave traders. Muslims did raids in Europe, and it is estimated enslaved as many as a million Europeans, white people. And then probably as many slaves, African slaves that were transported to America, the same number were slaves in Africa internally enslaved by other Africans, and a a similar number were enslaved by Arabs and brought to the Middle East, where most of them died off. They worked to death. Whereas in the New World, um, although they were exploited, uh, they were able to multiply in their population. So when you look at something like that, this is in no way trying to minimize or excuse the evils of slavery, or for example, European slave traders or slave owners in North America. It's no way excusing that or minimizing that in the least. It's just to say the Bible is actually true. What it says, Romans 3, 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, when it comes to the founding of America, while slavery was introduced shortly after the founding of America and slavery became common in the South uh, at the time of independence, Uh, Some states allowed slavery. Some states didn't. Some had never had slavery or abolished slavery. And many others uh, soon would abolish slavery. From the beginning, there were free um, African-Americans or blacks, and some of them were allowed to vote in some states. So I would say America from its beginning was not perfect. It had problems. Uh, But America as a nation was not founded on a flawed premise. It was actually founded, as the Declaration of Independence says, that all men are created equal, all humans are created as equal. And yes, the basic principles came from the Bible. It's very interesting that the Declaration of Independence mentions God no less than four times. First of all, it talks of the laws of nature and nature's God. So it's saying that there are laws that transcend humans. They come from God. So we judge every human society and every human institution, including our own, by the higher law of God's moral law, natural law. Then second, it speaks of God as our creator. And it says our creator has given us certain unalienable rights, rights that can't be taken away, such as freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of conscience. What it's saying is the government cannot take these rights away, the government has no authority to legislate against them. Why? Because they weren't given by government. They were given by higher power, namely by God. God has given every human being dignity. Well, you can see that is based on the Bible in many ways, um, the individual conscience, individual accountability for God. Then the Declaration of Independence mentions in in justifying why uh, the colonists felt they had a right to liberty and a break away from their mother country. They said they appealed to the supreme judge of the world. They said our actions will be vindicated by God. We're not just trying to justify ourselves. We're submitting these to the rest of the world and we're submitting this to God. He can judge whether we're right or not. And then finally, they spoke with divine providence. We believe that what we're doing is right and we're trusting in God to help us, God to protect us and God to help us fulfill what we think is right. So there was a, a great sense that we are accountable to God for our actions. And freedom is something given to us by God, that therefore we have a right to establish a nation based on freedom. Well, as of that time, some of those uh, authors and of the Declaration of Independence and some of those colonies allowed slavery, which was obviously wrong and actually contradicted what they just said. But they established a trajectory that would destroy it. And the founders themselves, as I said, some were abolitionists, uh, some were slave owners. But even the slave owners, you can see in their speeches and private correspondence, they admitted that slavery is evil, uh, it's contrary to our founding principles, and we hope and think it will soon die off. In fact, the Constitution never actually mentions slavery because I think they felt it was an evil and we shouldn't mention evil, but they indirectly mentioned it in a couple ways to provide that they would in 20 years that the Congress could end the importation of persons to end the slave trade, which they did. And also they said that when they were trying to decide representation, what would be the population? Uh, they they would base the House of Representatives, for example, on your the population of your state. So how would you count slaves? And how would you count Indians? So they took an economic approach. Indians weren't taxed, So they were looking at what the federal government had a right to control and a right to expect. So it was based on the economic output of each state. And so they estimated that a slave, um, be, because of the nature of slavery, uh, was not as efficient as a, as a free economy. So a slave would only produce 60% of the economic value of a person who's self-employed or who had freedom. And so they said, we're going to uh, calculate the population of those who are in servitude uh, as, as three-fifths. And some people said, oh, how horrible the, the slave is only three-fifths of a person. Actually in that context, I think, um, of course, slavery is evil, but in a backhanded way, first of all, they were saying they're real human beings. I mean, there was no debate over whether, whether we're going to consider representation for animals, but re- we're considering representation for slaves, even though they couldn't vote. And the three-fifths was a way of limiting um, the power of slaves, if they, uh, of the slave-owning states, where slaves could not vote. In other words, if they had given a, a full vote, they would have actually given more power to the slave owners. So it was a way of simultaneously recognizing slaves are human. They have to be considered. But we don't want to give too much power to slave owners So, and the slave states. So we're going to do a compromise based on economic output. And so in a backhanded way, they're also saying slavery is not as efficient a system as freedom. Because the economic output isn't as good. And so in their minds, they were thinking this is a detrimental system that if we establish a new nation, it will die a natural death. What they couldn't understand uh, is the invention of the cotton gin would dramatically improve the efficiency of cotton uh production. And so that gave new life to slavery, which it didn't have before. And I think probably underestimated the evil of people who owned slaves that would wanted slaves no matter what, even if it wasn't so economically profitable. So it was a great tragedy. But my point in going through all this is saying the Declaration of Independence was definitely established on some biblical principles. It wasn't a Christian document but it was a document that recognized God and sought to be accountable to God likewise the constitution the constitution is based on limited government government has limited power it's not all powerful and we have to remember at that time in history every major nation in the world uh, was uh, a dictatorship or a monarchy there was no democracy this was a radical new experiment this is the first time Uh, that a major nation now there were experiments the ancient greek city states and what have you uh, but those were limited the swiss confederation etc but this is the first time a major nation decided to to be formed on the basis of the freedom of each individual and uh, that 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 the people would be the sovereign that they would be the supreme authority Now, it included many checks and balances. It's a representative democracy, not a direct democracy, because they felt like majority should not have total control. Their rights, minorities should have rights, Um, like freedom of religion, even if the majority votes that America should outlaw Judaism or Islam or Protestantism, they can't because the rights of the minority must be preserved there. They also had a system of checks and balances, three branches of government, uh, two branches of the legislature and, and so on. These are all attempts to say that no one would have absolute power. And that is based on the Christian doctrine of the universal sinfulness of humans. So people that don't believe in God, They believe that humans are capable of perfecting themselves. And it sounds good in theory, but it's led to the worst tragedies in human history. Uh, Fascism, Nazism in the 20th century, communism and socialism in the 20th century uh, has killed millions of people. In fact, communism was responsible for 100 million civilian deaths in the 20th century because the problem is there are no checks and balances. People... Uh, governments get absolute control because they think they're the supreme authority. They've got the right answers for everybody. And even though they might have the best of intentions, they can't fulfill it because humans are sinners. Uh, James Madison said it best. He said if, if men were angels, we wouldn't need government. But the reason why we have government is because we're sinners. Humans are sinners. So when you really dig into it, our system of government was founded on a profound understanding of one true God who's supreme, who's the judge of the world. Humans are sinners. Uh, they need to be controlled, um, and they that the rights of minorities need to be protected. And obviously, slavery was a great flaw, but embedded in the Declaration of Independence was a principle that would lead to the abolition of slavery. And that's what Lincoln said at the Gettysburg Address. He said, we need a new birth of freedom. We need to go back to the Declaration of Independence. The, the Constitution couldn't do everything. At that point in history, it couldn't end slavery, although it started setting in motion by proposing the elimination of the slave trade and other things. It set in motion some things, but he says now it's time to go back and finish the job that the Declaration of Independence started. Go back to our founding document, which is supremely the Declaration And we need a new birth of freedom to ultimately uh, now, not ultimately, but now to end slavery and give the rights of citizenship to everyone, including African-Americans. You know, if you're interested, uh, there's some very good books on this discussion. But um, but Eric Metaxas has a book that describes how the Constitution was written. Um, Gary Wills has a book on Lincoln at Gettysburg, which talks about Lincoln's philosophy and the Gettysburg Address and the principles I've just mentioned. Harry Jaffa also has a book about Lincoln called A New Birth of Freedom, which goes into great detail about these things. And of course, we did have the 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery, the 14th Amendment, which gave everyone state and national citizenship rights, specifically To include african americans the 15th amendment voting for everyone including african americans the 19th amendment which extended the vote to women and then of course the civil rights movement and legislation primarily in the 60s which in a practical way extended various rights to everybody it's still a work in progress and we should also talk about the native americans it's it's a it's a national tragedy but again we have to understand the historical context every nation in the world was founded by conquest and, and wars and so forth. And uh, there were many people, including the pilgrims, who did try a peaceful solution. Um, and it's also a myth just to say that all the the uh, n- indigenous tribes were peaceful. I mean, you study the Aztecs. Uh, they uh, It's estimated that they executed over a million people in human sacrifice. So when the, the Spanish came to conquer them, Uh, They were regarded as liberators by the various tribes the Aztecs has conquered and even by the common people. Then sadly, of course, the Spanish conquistadors established their own dictatorship. Uh, And so maybe it was trading one evil for another. But my point is, there's no pristine nation in human history. And the real tragedy, uh, which nobody really understood at the time, but Native Americans did not have natural immunity to many diseases that were in Europe and Africa. And so it is estimated that at least 90% of the indigenous population of North and South South America died because of diseases. So while there were terrible wars and while there were massacres on both sides and while the European settlers uh, are responsible for much of the wrong that was done, You do have to take in context that 90% weren't killed by warfare, but 90% were killed by diseases that were little known. And nobody even knew what germs were. They did not know how to prevent diseases. They did not even understand immunity. And so, again, I'm not trying to justify any evil or wrongdoing in history. Uh, We can say slavery is unmitigated evil, wars of conquest are unmitigated evil, massacres are unmitigated evil, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But that does not mean we have to say America is uniquely evil. Uh, In fact, compared to the rest of the countries of the world, America probably has less of a history of those kind of things, in part because we're younger, but also because we were deliberately founded on some principles. And so our Constitution is actually the oldest written uh, functioning Constitution in the world today. So uh, we don't understand that America was the only country trying to do this as little as a couple hundred years ago. And so, while we're thankful for the progress we've made, especially the civil rights movement, and even some things in recent years that have helped us uh, increase our understanding of justice and implement it more perfectly, uh, I think we can say that uh, America was founded on some good principles, and we need to go back. And renew those principles and extend those principles. Of course, I will say as a Christian, our ultimate solution is not any political system. No country is perfect. Our ultimate citizenship is not in an earthly nation. Our supreme allegiance is to God. And the ultimate solution to the problems of, of human, the human race are found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there will be no perfect Uh, System and no perfect kingdom until Jesus Christ comes to establish His kingdom on earth. So while we're thankful to live in a wonderful country with unprecedented opportunities and freedoms compared to all of human history and the rest of the world, at the same time, uh, our supreme trust and our faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for
0: listening to this episode of Apostolic Life in the 21st Century.